Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Heroines. My name is Jessica, the Big Weird Mom. I'm Jess, Crazy Mother Runner. Well, we have a very special episode for you guys today. Um, we are going to kind of build off last week's episode that we did on Josh Duggar since conveniently the day after it aired, we he was arrested. Um, and I am just going to start off by uh, adding a trigger warning for this entire show. Um, if you have any issues with hearing about sexual violence, um, we're going to say just skip this episode because that's that's going to be pretty much the the entirety of this episode is talking about Josh Duggar and the allegations against him. Um, if you or someone you know is affected by any of these issues, um, we encourage you to call Rain, uh, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, and uh, the number for that is one eight hundred eight six five six Hope. So. If anybody needs that, we will put it in the in the episode notes. And um, building on that, we have two very very special guests today. We have Laura, the pretty basic, joining us again, and we have an special anonymous ex fundy. We're going to be calling her Renee. Hi. And uh, <laughs> welcome, you guys. We're so glad to have you here and. Um, we're just going to take a minute to kind of introduce you guys, tell us your handles, and tell us a little bit about your story. So let's start off with Renee. Hi, I am an ex-fundy. I have grown up in IBLP ATI for a long time, was on staff at headquarters, have rubbed elbows with the Duggars. I am in no way friends with them, but I have had communication with them. I was roommates with one of the Duggars at something called Journey to the Heart, which is a part of um, IBLP. It's a 10-day like retreat thing, for lack of a better way to say it. And um, I guess I'm a recovering, like, for lack of, it's, I've just got all kinds of emotions about this week. It's been a trying week. I'm still recovering from it all. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we are, we're hoping to dive into that. And um, we, we feel for all of you recovering ex-fundies. <laughs> and next up, we have Laura, the pretty basic. Hi, welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so you guys pretty much know my story from last week, but I was also in ATI, IBLP, just like the Duggars. Um, I did not know the Duggars personally, but I met most of the older Duggars and the parents at various conferences and things like that. Um, I don't know them on that level, but I have been in their orbit. Um, and I've, uh, been in their world in the sense that I know probably what's going on in their minds maybe their hearts at the moment. So hopefully I can help with some of this. So if uh, any of us is just joining the conversation and you've been maybe living under a rock for the last couple of years, <laughs> we have a summary of um, what kind of this story entails. So in 2015, it was kind of revealed that Josh Duggar inappropriately touched his sisters while they were sleeping. Um, and as a result of that, 19 Kids and Counting was canceled, but the spinoff shows um, remained on. And initially, TLC said that they were going to keep Josh Duggar and uh, the parents off of 
you know, they weren't going to get any screen time. Um, as time went on, that kind of changed. So keep that in mind as we continue this conversation. Um, you know, as this came to light, um, it seemed like they, the, the family really dug in their heels that this was something that Josh was led astray and that this wasn't something that he was never going to do again. And it was just a result of a boy going through puberty and Hang on, just I'm going to interrupt you. It looks <laughs> like he did make bail breaking news. Oh my god! I don't have details. I'm trying to find out right now. Um, okay. But just That's so be interesting. Guys, just wow. I'll, I'm going to mute myself while I make a quick phone call. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So we will um, we will give some more information on that as we have it. Um, but uh, for those of you who didn't know, you know, he had his hearing today, and he was asking for bail. Um, and it sounds like he just made it because initially they said that the, he wasn't going to be let out, which. Which for his victims, that's a huge deal. Um, yeah. So, you know, and and as we moved on from that incident in 2015, it became a bit apparent pretty quickly that Josh Duggar was not just a one-time offender as far as being led astray, as they call it. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of months after this came out, it was uh, discovered in the Ashley Madison leak that he was having affairs on Ashley Madison. Um, and shortly after that, a... Um, a porn star came forward and said that not only did he pay her to uh, have sex for two straight nights, um, but he was pretty abusive in that situation. It was her name was Danica Dillon, and she claimed that he paid her a thousand dollars to spend two nights with her, and during which he called during these sexual encounters, he called her worthless and a dirty slut, and even spit in her face when she tried to push him away during rough intercourse. This was quoted from a Daily Mail argue. Um, uh, article. Josh choked her and forced her to perform oral sex to the point that she could not breathe. And he has continuously denied these claims. Um, she has said that she, um, she needed therapy after this incident and um, that she still hasn't recovered from it. Um, and, you know, that kind that those stories kind of went away. I didn't really, um, I didn't even really know about this until today when I did a little bit more research. Um, and then, so fast forward to May 2019 is when he allegedly received 65 images of child pornography, um, as well as a two minute video. Um, and it showed child pornography and abuse. And um, this video apparently showed a man and two kids. Um, and it was quoted from the person who was investigating the file that it was in the top five worst cases that he has ever had to investigate. So that's just to kind of give you an idea of what we are dealing with here. Um, you know, ladies, as ex-fundamentalists, how does this make you feel? Angry. A hundred percent angry at so many different people who along the way could have done things to prevent, to prevent a whole lot of stuff. And that's just a common thread in fundamentalist circles is not only 
that there's redemption, but that redemption is quick as long as you're sorry and you repent in front of God. Uh -huh. So literally you can turn around and turn a new page. Oh, sorry. sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so, so yeah, that you can somehow have redemption so quickly and then be let back into a situation where you fucked it up in the first place. Right. It's how this keeps happening. Right. It's a vicious right. cycle. I just right. need to throw things. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry. I, I'm really sorry. Um, he gets to have unfettered access to his children as long as Anna's there. And I just need to throw things. I'm so angry. I'm yeah. so unbelievably angry. And I, I thought they were going to make him have a custodian to be around his own he kids. He does. Yeah. So but she I'm, counts. I'm still so. He has to go. He has to go to the third party custodian, which is a family friend, and they teach the the woman teaches piano in her home with children. And I I, I am having a very emotional reaction. Let me try and calm down. Yeah. I'm really, really sorry. Oh, no. Um. No. Okay. So um, he can't have any pornography, which like I have Duh. so many words about that. No access yeah. to any internet capable advice. He can have unlimited contact with his children if Anna is there, but not any other minor. Although the government does object to contact with his children, so it is unclear at this point because the paperwork hasn't been released what actually will happen there. If I, I'm assuming he's going to get to see his kids. I'm not sure where. All this is coming in from a friend of mine who's in the hearing, and she's having emotional responses as well. Um, so I'm not really sure. There, I'm sure she's going to call me, but that yeah. she's... The, there's tons of typos in her text messages. Um, yeah. So he does have to have GPS monitoring at his cost, which don't even get me started on the money aspect of everything, but I am just losing my app. How does it make me feel? It makes me enraged that the money that is going to pay for this should have gone to his victims. And I just yeah. oh, 100%. am so disgusted. Yeah. I'm so disgusted. Damn, I mean, know. it's it, no, don't, don't feel ashamed of, you know, and don't, don't limit your, your emotions. This is a real moment for you. And I'm sorry that you have to be doing this in front of the, the public okay. eye. You know, it's, it's um, yeah. And, but unfortunately, like we, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, what have no. we seen from law enforcement in the past, you know, when one of the things that I didn't include in the summary is that the Duggars reach out to a law enforcement officer who had the same problem as him. It, this is back. I can't remember the exact date when this happened, but um, they, they reached out know, to him in 2000, around 2003, after he came back from his trip to Little Rock, Arkansas, which you can't see me, but the air quotes are so aggressive. <laughs> yeah. um, aggressive air quotes. I'm going to do them for you today. Aggressive air quotes. Um, and, and, and he was received a stern talking to after that. And, and that, that was... In in jail for 50 years for child pornography. Tell right. me you cannot right. pay me enough to believe that he didn't at least learn something from him. And that's right. talk like, oh, right. You saw in that guy someone who was getting away with it, and that gave yep. him hope. As a police, exactly. I can that is something yeah, that my legal, husband yeah. brought up, which hope is and permission, basically. Permission mm -hmm. because not only was he law enforcement, but nobody either nobody knew about mm -hmm. it. 
or they knew about it and didn't care, or he was a law enforcement officer and he got tips from right. him. And all of that is my own supposition and opinion. Like none of that is based in any fact. And right. my husband was just bringing it up was like, he was exposed to this at 16 years old, 15, 16 yeah. years old. That guy was who they brought him to, to have this stern talking to. And now he's in jail for it. Like that's not a coincidence. And I'm sorry right. if that offends somebody, but that's not a coincidence. Right. Well, and we see this, like this continuation of like continuously supporting the man, no matter what, and mm -hmm. suppressing the woman. So it's protecting, yeah. protecting the man and, and, and squashing the victims. And this is exactly why, in my opinion, um, Jim Bob and Michelle are, are complicit in all of this. You know, they, they are as much to blame. You know, I think that Josh has something very seriously wrong with his brain and that doesn't excuse him, but mm -hmm. it, it leaves Michelle and Jim Bob on the hook. They, you know, and I asked this to my husband earlier today. I said, you know, what would you do if your kid, you know, had this, this mental illness? Wouldn't you do everything that you possibly could to keep your child from hurting somebody else? Oh yeah. Meanwhile, and they are from your other children. Right. Yes. And they are putting, they're putting their kids onto a national spotlight, which, which in turn excuses him even more from this. Yeah. And then as we're going to see in a clip that we have, um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of putting blinders on to all of this rather than, rather than, you know, dealing with the problem. They're just they saying, okay, that's just, right, right yeah. exactly. And so I think actually they didn't put blinders on it. The responsibility lies with the women to not defraud the men. That's true. And, yeah. And therefore he doesn't, he's almost in unable to control himself. That's something that gets taught over and over and over inside ATI, inside IBLP, even still people are telling, um, I, when it comes to Anna in relation to Josh currently, it is her responsibility to fast and pray to save her husband. It's her responsibility to hold him accountable. It is her responsibility and he does not have any responsibility. So it's not that they are, um, putting blinders on it. It's that they genuinely don't believe he can help himself. And therefore it's everyone else's, every females around him responsibility to right. make sure that he controls himself. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, I really no, wanted to clarify but that. I feel like, that, and that's, and that's probably a pretty, I, I feel like that's a very fundamental, fundamentalist view point is the fact that we put I mean, again, I was I wasn't in this type of religion, but I was in S Southern Baptist and everything was my d duty to fix. You know, I was the, mm -hmm. the the bridge between the family with communication. I was the one that made sure he did. You know, I, I protected him when he did things wrong. So, like, you're 100 percent right. It's, it's just so much. Well, what's been a struggle for me, too, is to my first gut reaction was get him out of society what what yeah. the fuck like he doesn't yeah. believe he doesn't deserve redemption he doesn't deserve any kind of program to help him i couldn't give a mm -hmm. fuck but yeah. i think <laughs> at this point because he's been excused and protected in a sense by the women so much because it's our fault um 
I don't know if he's ever going to come to a point where he thinks he has a problem. And in my experience with recovery and stuff, that's the only time that you're ever going to actually achieve change. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we just look at, just look at that, that, um, that, this, the, picture of him the um the booking photo that he had yeah, he looks like a song asshole. like yeah that is not a man who's upset for no, the no. Or, or guilty or feels guilty for which, his actions which no. plays into the testimony that was read in court today where he tried to blame literally everybody else around him when in the hearing <laughs> the the actual investigator stated that he was the first one to bring up CP charges. He was the one who who brought it up to them, not the other way around. Because if and, he brings it up first, then he has the control. Well, I, honestly, I just think he was stupid. <laughs> I think he was guilty. I'm sorry. I had a no, bad no, moment. I, <laughs> I think he just didn't think in that moment about how that would look. Um, it screams guilty. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that makes me want to punch a wall. Yeah. Hope that he gets stuck on a treadmill made out of Legos yeah. in a desert for all of eternity <laughs> in a snowsuit. Listening to Justin Bieber sing Taylor oh, Swift because Legos they're not supposed to listen to that kind of music. That is... Barefoot, barefoot on a treadmill. Barefoot. Made yes, out of Legos. Wow. On that note, let's take a look at this clip and uh, see how his sisters think that he should be put punished. I put that in quotes. <laughs> All right, let's take a look. This is the Megan Kelly interview that the girls did um, after uh, everything came to light in 2015. Um, and they were coming out and speaking as uh, I call it victims. They don't this exactly call it so that. Well. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't age well. So let's take a look. So Jessa and Jill, thank you both so much for being here. Let me start with your ages. You're 22, Jessa. Mm -hmm. And how old are you, Jill? 24. Okay. So this happened a long time ago. When, how old were you? Let me start with you, Jill. How old were you when Josh inappropriately touched you? I was 12. 12. And how about you? I guess I was uh, 9 or 10. Okay. And you are going on the record as being two of Josh's victims. Mm -hmm. Does it feel strange to use that word? You know, I think we didn't choose to come out and tell our story. This wouldn't have been our first choice, but now that this story has been brought about, we really feel like as we've been seeing these headlines, as we've been seeing things that people are saying about our family, we feel like as the victims, we have to come out and speak. This is something like we chose to do. Nobody asked us to do this. Jess and I were talking, we're like, Oh my goodness, the most of the stuff out there is lies. It's not truth. Mm -hmm. And so for truth's sake, we want to come out and set the record straight. But sitting here today was when I said, you know, victims, you you furrowed your brow a little. I mean, do you do you feel like the victim of of a molestation? Well, I think in the case of what Josh did, um, it was very wrong. I'm not going to justify anything that he did or say it was okay not permissible, but um, I do want to speak up in his defense against people who are calling him a child molester or a pedophile or a rapist, and people are saying. And I'm like, that is so overboard and a lie, really. I mean, people will get mad at me for saying that, but I'm like, I can say this, you know? I was one of the victims, so I can speak out and I can say this and, and set the record straight here. 
like in Josh's case, he was a boy, young boy in puberty, and a little too curious about girls. And that got him into some trouble. And he made some bad choices. Um, but really, the extent of it was mild, inappropriate touching um, on fully clothed victims. Um, most of it while girls were sleeping. We didn't even know about it until he went and confessed it to my parents and Neither they shared it with us. No. None, of, none of the victims were aware of what happened until Joshua confessed and then... It wasn't like we were keeping a secret afraid or something. It was we didn't know until Josh explained to my parents what his thought process was, what everything was. Well, how did you learn about it? I mean, did, you, did your parents sit you my down at a meeting or what happened? My took us aside individually mm -hmm. and they said, here's what what's happened. happened. And at that point, of course, you're like, oh, you're shocked, you know? So your parents like, were the ones to tell you yeah, my you, you were molested or... Oh, yeah. And, and you too. Yeah. At the same time or separately? No, separately. individually. They talked to what was, let, let me start with you. What was your reaction to that? Well, I was like shocked to kind of like, okay, this is strange. <laughs> like, you had no I, memory of it. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't understand. Okay, this is what's happened until my parents told me. And so, I think at that point it was just kind of like, um, it's like you never, you never think like this will happen to me or yeah. something. And in our case, you know, it's very mild compared to what happens to some I know young so many women. girls and go through things that are way worse. So for me, even when my parents came and sat down and told me this, I was like, really? Like, you know, I'm sad. I'm shocked. At the same time, like Jessa was saying, I was shocked. You know, I'm like, okay, like, and I'm sad because this is my older brother who I love a lot. And so it's like, you know, they're, they're conflicting there. Did you feel so, angry? I did. You know, I was angry at first. I was like, how could this happen? And then, you know, my parents explained to us what happened. And then Josh came and asked each of us individually, I know, but he asked me to forgive him. And I had to make that choice to forgive him, you know, and um, it wasn't something that somebody forced, like, oh, you need to do this, you know, it's like, you have to make that decision for yourself. Okay, I, I watched this originally back when it happened, and then I've watched it recently, or today again, and I'm just, and it just hit me, I know in my heart of hearts that the younger one wanted to say, we just thought it was normal and she stopped herself. Did you guys mm -hmm. catch that? Like, I just mm -hmm. really felt like that was the word she wanted to say. We yeah. thought this was normal to right. me. And, and I feel like that's the really, really sad part of this whole thing is they're talking like one incident we I, in my heart of hearts. No, it's not one incident. Well, I don't was think something that was unless likely going on and on and on. Right. And unless the Duggar girls get to a place where they feel that they are safe and they feel like they can be brave and courageous we won't ever know the real story no at all so also i think though trying to pressure them into telling it is also not correct so it's you know it's frustrating and it makes you want to throw shit and you know but it's you have to let people tell their story as it's safe for them to do so right. and i right. it's not safe <laughs> it's not safe so no. One of the reasons you guys don't see me right now is because my ex-husband was a part of a fundamental was a part of the fundamental 
whoa, I can't even talk. <laughs> was a part of all of this mess. And there's a very good reason why he's my ex-husband. And um, one of the things that I want for these girls so desperately is for them to be able to find their own voice. And as someone who took a while to find their own voice and felt the pressure and felt the anxiety of trying to confront their abuser and trying to speak out against everything they've ever known for all of eternity, things that they think tie them to an eternal life, yeah. They, the pressure and the stress and the guilt and the shame that they must feel breaks my heart for them. And yeah. I, I see the comments that people say about all of the women and I just want to scream at people that they don't understand. You, you, you cannot understand truly until you have lived it. And I just want people to have just a little bit of grace compassion. and compassion for yeah. them because right. you with just girl, don't understand. Not with Josh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I know that's what you're saying. I try to throw in but there. They, they've been indoctrinated. I mean, that they yes. have been indoctrinated to this mindset that they are expected to act a certain way, behave a certain way, um, respond to this type of behavior a certain way, you know, mm -hmm. forgiveness, forgiveness. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel awful for those girls because this is going to be a part of their maybe, life always. Yeah, maybe someone... It's been a minute since I read the Bible um, <laughs> uh, about forgiving people before they've ever even wronged you, just sort of having that mindset. Yes, yes, yes. So that is also an excellent scapegoat for people who right. want to do the right. wrong thing. Like, well, you're, you're supposed to forgive me already. Like, shit. I also <laughs> that's why that's that their defense of him is maybe tied to their feelings of guilt that they caused him to stumble and that exactly. by them defending yep. him or trying to n normalize, I guess, because that is exactly what that clip was doing was they were trying to normalize what had happened to them and minimalize it because they're trying mm -hmm. to in my opinion, they are trying to minimize yeah. their own interaction and their own. For guilt. sure. And they did the thing that I still do to this day. I think everyone does it in a, in a way is we compare our trauma to other people and we're like, Oh, mine wasn't bad then because I didn't right. go through this, 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 or this. And so yeah. mine is lesser somehow or didn't, shouldn't hurt as much somehow or shouldn't affect me at all. Cause it was so tiny. And when yeah. I heard, her, when I heard her say that, I mean, I've watched this interview before interview yeah. before, but it's been a while. But when I heard that one part, I was like, I teared up a little bit. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's yeah. all, it's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to watch. And, you know, uh, some of the things that have come up um, in the following years, when we reflect on this situation, like it, that, that like responsibility is put on the kids from such a young age. Mm -hmm. um, let me, I have something to read you guys. So um, somebody, I guess a couple of years ago saw in a screenshot of the house some rules that they have posted on a rule board, and I'm going to read some of them to you. I know what you're going to read, and it makes <laughs> my skin <laughs> crawl. <laughs> so the list, um, the list pertains to the children keeping their bodies safe from other people. The first rule states, "My body belongs to God. He gives good rules to ah. help keep me safe." The list goes on to inform the kids that they are not to pair off in groups of less than four. Oh. Another rule advice 
advises young Duggars that when playing hide and seek, they should always hide alone, not with another person. And the rest of the rules seem like simple common sense. So let's suggest children should always keep their clothes on, lock restroom doors, and that they should tell their parents about any form of touching the Duggars uh, likely never wanted anyone to notice the sign, but someone did. And, <laughs> you know, the fact it, that they it, had it. Yeah. And be the with fact four that... people. Be with four people, but be by yourself. How right. do you explain well, that to a five year old? <laughs> well, yeah. And how do you explain that the safest place to be in this house is in the bathroom with the door locked? Like, right. that's not where the safest place in my house I want my kids to know is with, with me with their family, that their family isn't going to hurt them because I'm going to do everything in my power to keep the kids, you know, right. safe. You know, and it's just, it's so heartbreaking to see that is just, one that the, is just pounded into their heads. Yeah, so I said last in the last podcast, and if anybody's seen my um, TikTok, I, I've been watching the, the early, earliest season of their show. And I had a a, a, re, a visceral reaction to their shared closet and I could oh. not handle it. And on my TikTok, you're like, why? What's the big deal? It seems efficient. It seems, you know, like a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, but, and I couldn't explain it. I couldn't figure out how to explain why I hated it so much. But I think in general, I just said, you know what? They have issues. There's Josh in the family. And I don't like the fact that there is a clothing change situation potential in a in a room with doors. I don't like it. And maybe yeah. maybe I can try and verbalize it for you and correct okay. me if I'm wrong. But it seems so out of the norm because by gen by general standards we protect our children. By the time they're three or four, they're not bathing together. They're not sleeping together. There is zero expectation of privacy and that violates personal autonomy. And what it's doing is decreasing them from individual souls, humans, people to basically just props that they change and they mm -hmm. feel like chess pieces. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind I had that same reaction when I saw it forever ago. And that is... They're not people to them. No. Yeah, correct. I still don't. Personally, I'm 35. I'm trying to remember all that. And <laughs> I still don't fully own my own personal autonomy. I still don't fully believe that I belong to myself. And it's it's weird. <laughs> it's just, it's tough. You, you've yeah. always belonged to God, which... Mm whatever that means, but you know, and then yeah. since you belong to God, then you actually belong to the men in the cult because they're yeah. God. So yeah. right. that yeah. umbrella of protection, that is such a false sense of security. And I think I mentioned it to Jessica via text message. I could be incorrect, but the dichotomy of serving an almighty God while having all of this control over the bad things that happen to you because you have unconfessed sin, more aggressive air quotes, more incredible. I'm, I'm shaking the back of my chair. I'm so angry. I'm trying to convey it without like shouting at you guys. And I know, um, but it's, it's the dichotomy of, of being your own person and being in so much control, but you can't even 
change by yourselves. You can't have your own room. You can't have anything that is your own. They didn't have journals, which by the way, if you didn't hear, uh, one of the girls had their journals stolen by somebody that came in with filming crew by TLC. Um, mm. Like yeah, they, they, have, they oh. have no, Sorry, they have no personhood. <laughs> and you really, yeah, especially right. the women, you don't, you're not your own person. You are a vessel of fertility and that's all you are. And I realize that sounds harsh and aggressive, but that's what it is. And I say that really bluntly. I think this yeah, is a good no, question right. to y'all. Oh, um, do you oh. think this behavior is learned? And we touched on this a little bit last week, but yeah, I'd love to hear Renee's take on and, and Laura's take on yeah, this question. It. Uh, do you think this is a learned behavior or maybe something that has been experienced? I believe fundamentally that ATI, Advanced Training Institute, IBLP, Institute of Basic Life Principles, instills a lack of humanity into women. And therefore, there is a mental break between being able to see any kind of morality and dealing with women. And therefore, that makes this situation so much more normal. Not normal, but so well, much. Well, I'm thinking on their level, normal, yes. not normal for us. As... <laughs> it, on top of that, there's that sexual repression and shame that yes. is con instantly connected from almost birth about anything to do with sex. Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, Lara, maybe you can speak to this too, but I can't remember a single individual that I have ever met that referred to female and male anatomy as their actual names. They always, they okay. ne it was never addressed. There's no. nothing. And even in their homeschooling curriculum, there is nothing about sex education. And as long as you don't talk about it, it's not a thing, right? So then there's that covering of darkness that they like to refer to that secrets, secrets flourish in the darkness, shame. the shame of it. And therefore... It's just some, if you don't talk about it, you can then claim some kind of ignorance. You didn't yeah. know it was wrong. Right, right. And even I was making excuses for him last week when I said, when you're raised in this pressure cooker of don't that do this, don't do so this, mad. don't do this, don't this. And then I said, well, of course it's going to come out sideways. And, and mm -hmm. I didn't mean that as in like he gets an excuse. I mean it as like, this is what made it even worse. Than it could He's been groomed be to, if, to be that if, way. Right. Sure. If, Right. When he should have gotten help for it when he first started, you know, and yeah. that's, that's what I meant so by that. For Michelle, um, she, is she referring to, I think she, that with Josh, is it a learned behavior with him or something that he experiences? Oh, what she means? I think, she, well, I don't think, oh, okay. I see. Like if she's asking if his, his actions were yeah, like, because something happened he was exposed to or be something that he just felt was acceptable because of right. his and raising. Do you think Josh was, I don't know. <laughs> as harmed a, harmed okay. in his own way at some yeah. point in his life. Yeah. Um, I think okay. that's what she I, said. I think that by being indoctrinated from birth, he was harmed. Do I think that he was assaulted as as an own individual? No. Um, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. ATI, ATI and IBLP actually, and Lara, you may be able to speak to this. It's actually very rampant to have um, sibling on sibling um, abuse. And by that, I mean, it is, especially at that very young age, they 
they know, and it can be incredibly damaging to the children because there is an element where it is normal. Like, I mean, I have a three-year-old, almost four-year-old who's going to school who I had to go pick up because he was running around, he's potty training and he was running around uh, without his pants on going, look, I can make it wiggle, which is a hundred percent normal in in a, in a three-year-old who's learned like that is, that is not, I mean, you have to teach them this isn't acceptable and you have to explain why. But when you don't have other people around and you don't have people balancing the crazy that is IBLP and ATI and you already have that shame inherent in the teaching itself, it then breeds this environment that makes abuse of it, that that creates this almost exciting aspect to experiencing all of these things. And when you don't have friends, we're forbidden. It's the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I wanted to mention um, just someone had commented this on my TikTok as well. Several people were like, well, isn't he a victim also because he was raised in a cult, et cetera. And to be honest with you, I don't think that even needs addressing because I, it doesn't, it simply doesn't matter at this point. He, uh, this is, <laughs> in my opinion, he is, there is not a way to be redeemable now. He needs to be separate from society, children, everyone. So I don't care if he was a victim of a cult in his childhood because if this is the result that this is the path that he chose, then he needs to suffer the consequences. This was intentional. These were choices. He needs to pay the consequences for those choices. And I can speak from experience. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this last time on the um, podcast, but one of my coping mechanisms when I got, when I was out in my early twenties was shoplifting. I shoplifted all the fucking time. I couldn't stop myself. It was a, it was, oh my God. I'm really sorry. Don't tell my mom. Uh, I ended up. Don't tell your mom you're here. Don't tell my mom I'm here. I ended up in jail four separate times because of it. Oh, that never happened. I I think I did it like um, I think I did it maybe like four or five times, and I was probably seventeen on a a rampage apparently and i so i have paid my dues for that i have paid restitution i went through the court system i did probation so i've paid my consequences now it's time for josh to pay his 100 amen (laughs) well yeah and and that that kind of links up with what i was saying earlier you know it's you know i think that we need to put the blame that it it, it went this far on his parents for not nipping in the bud. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this I'm is. Waving this is I'm, <laughs> I'm waving my arms. I'm stopping you. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I have to. No. It is not their. They have their own responsibility. These are. He is. The one thing I cannot stand is that people are treating him like he doesn't know the world. That like he is. He's an incredibly intelligent individual. He is incredibly tech savvy. These are all his own choices. And he is so smug because people are saying, oh, it's it's his it's his parents' responsibility. It's his siblings' responsibility. It's the car. Are they saying that now or are they saying that it's now still? Well, no, I know now, but I think from what I've seen, it's just that they're saying back when this stuff went down with the girls. No, he was already 
a tech savvy person at 14. No, and okay. no, no, I get that. But people are kind of questioning why didn't Jim Bob and Michelle take more di- direct and extreme greedy assholes then there. Right. Right. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying yeah. is yeah. if they had taken yeah. appropriate action when he first started to show that he had a mental, you know, that he had mental problems that were leading him to do these very wrong things that are, yes, his fault. I'm not saying that his parents are at fault for what he did. I'm saying that they're at fault because they didn't put him in a mental institution or whatever you do to a kid who's showing that they are going to be a pedophile. Like, right. what do you, you know, what do you address do in it. that situation? They didn't address but, it. Right. No matter what, they did it wrong. You know, they yeah. did. The, yeah. You had one job, and they did it wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, your one job is to make sure that you're raising a decent human in this so, life, and they were not. They were more focused on other things, and that doesn't take any of the blame off of him. But it it just that that adds to the victims mm-hmm. who are who who are and people want reasons always. People right, want reasons. totally. And so you know, it's. Uh, we're trying, it's such a, it's such a deep, harmful, hurtful subject for so many people that we're just trying to grasp on to anything that makes us feel better about it or makes makes us understand more. Exactly. So, you know, the speculation here is of course just speculation. And, um, we're, you know, obviously I think, um, in my personal opinion that Jim Bob and Michelle should also be in jail, but that's just my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, that, and, and I think that a lot hope. of these, a lot of these feelings are coming from reading the statements that's, that are coming out and have come out in the last couple of days that have just made me mad. I think that TLC is complicit in this. I think yes. that Jim Bob and Michelle, money. I mean, like, you know, I, I think that there is blame to be found a lot of places, but you know, mostly, obviously, it's Josh. So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read these statements that have come out, and I want you guys to. Uh, I'm gonna mute. Excuse me. Tell me. Like, tell me your reactions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the statement from Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. We appreciate your continued prayers for our family at this time. The accusations brought against Joshua today are very serious. It is our prayer that the truth, no matter what it is, will come to light and that this will all be resolved in a timely manner. We love Josh and Anna and continue to pray for their family. I'm a parent to a boy, and I can tell you if my kid was accused of this, I'd be the first one at the courthouse saying, lock him up. Same. Because (laughs) a federal case like this, 90% conviction rate. This isn't, they wouldn't bring this to someone, especially someone in the public eye, that he wasn't 100% guilty of. So I'm sorry. You're trash. My dogs are fighting. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm going to put them outside. I'll be back. Okay. (laughs) How do I mute you? I I got it. <laughs> I mean, I think both of you are parents. What would you do if this yes. was your kid? Oh, I mean, I would love my child, but I would still be like, you have to, you have to be accountable for your actions. Period. Like, you have to be held accountable for your actions. Absolutely. You don't get to, you don't get to do these kind of things and just and pray it away. You're not going to pray it away. You can't pray away right. what those people experienced. Right. And I think that's something that that Jim Bob said along the line somewhere. I'm 
remembering a flo- a quote that's floating around in my mind that he said, you know, that he, you know, his first priority was to send him, you know, to whatever, whatever version of reprogramming is in this church, which obviously did no good because it's just reaffirming the issues that are compounding this problem in the first place. But yeah. he's the know, head of the household and can do whatever he want, basically. Well, in 2013, right. or I'm sorry, in 2003 or in 2000, it might've been 2002 that he actually lost his um, political race that where he ran on the fact that rape and incest should be capital crimes. Where's that energy now, Jim Bob? Yeah, he did for a lot of conservatives. You know, in that oh, a lot. We're also (laughs) seeing, even though you know, we're we're, we are dealing with a cult situation. It's still very much um, systematic white male privilege, just at its core. So Mm -hmm. that, along with the cult mindset, is like a double whammy. Like there is, yeah, it's just. What, you know, I didn't, I did that. I did my video the day after, or the, maybe it was the day after that we did our podcast. So last Thursday. And I mentioned in it that at the end, I said, you know, I feel like the real concern right now is the fact that, you know, dealing with child sex trafficking or child pornography, it is 76% white males. That is the, the statistic. Um, not talking about general sex crimes, but specifically with children related. And I said, and and we see so many, you know, like that art, an article that I read today was talking about the fact that the recent shooting um, of the um, bathhouses or whatever you want to call them, the massage parlors, um, the mass shooting that went on a rampant and killed several Asian women and two, you know, white women. Um, it was fueled by his sexual desires or the fact that he was angry that he had sexual desires. So it's just another example of this, again, going back on this suppression and it's not taking the blame away from the men at the end of the day, it's the men's fault, but it's just saying that we're creating an environment that is telling them, you know, we can't sexualize anything. Shame, 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 shame. And then when they act upon these things that we've suppressed from day one, from birth, we're like, oh, why did this happen? So, you know, I kind of made an attack on the church in my video, not direct, but I just, you know, and I got assaulted by people like, you're blaming the church. I'm like, in a sense, I am. I'm like, because yeah. that's the mentality where this Duh. is being bred from. You know, this is the mentality right. that it's stemming from because God didn't say in the Bible, like, I mean, straight off the bat, God made man, woman, get to business, have babies. Like it, he wasn't, he wasn't hiding sexuality in the Bible. So why are we hiding it in daily life? You know, I, and I, I don't know if I talked about it on this one, um, but I've spoken about it before. No, I think I talked about it on a live um, that in my former church, we had four teenage girls, count them four, come forward in front of our church and have to admit their sin of getting knocked up. Oh, and I want to throw things. Two, listen, two of the girls had to do it twice. Both what teenagers. pastor is that? I just want to talk to them. I just want to talk to <laughs> I, them. Right. Um, but here's the deal. It's All of the pastor, guilt but... and shame was put on these young ladies, not the men that participated. They didn't have yeah, to get no. up in front of the church and apologize no, for their sin. Of course not. You know, and, and beg for forgiveness of the church. And that's what these young girls age. The youngest was 15. The oldest was 17. Yeah. And I'm just like, just give me his address. I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I left that church. They, uh, they, they, I left that church, but, but, um, but just having to like, I hurt for them. The fact that their yeah. parents thought that was acceptable. You know, right. yeah, um, and, and it and yeah. but it, it goes straight back to that mentality that men have no blame 
in these situations. And yet they are the ones that are also being told to suppress their sexuality. But when they act on it, we make excuses. Here's what I want to know too, is the boys, men in the fundy circles always get this redemption arc where they're allowed to go to treatment or counseling or whatever. Where's that for the women? We don't it's that that. No. where they get brushed under the rug and excommunicated. Yeah. That's why I left my church because they yeah. told me I couldn't have, yeah. literally couldn't have counseling without my ex-husband. Yeah, you won't. I'm like, he had the affair. He did all the stuff, but no, nope, you right. have to, you have to counsel with him. We can't counsel just you and worry about you. We have to worry about the marriage. And yeah. I'm like, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and then the, going back to the Megan Kelly interview too, where they said oh. that they, um, somewhere along in that interview, they said that they re had received therapy. Does anybody know what kind yeah. of therapy that actually was? Because I know that that's I, not allowed. I am. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that interview, but I'm too, I'm 97% positive. They were actually referring to, to Josh who had been sent to little rock, Arkansas to go through therapy. I'm not sure, but I, I mean, I know they, was it Jill at the little rock training center or was it actual therapy? Do we even know? No, I think they said that they had gotten therapy. The, okay. Their girls let, had therapy. Let okay. me go double check. Cause okay. I, I know Sometimes I could, I know. Well, yeah, sometimes when ATI people say they have had their children in therapy or something, they actually mean they sent them to a training center to do a program. So it's not yeah. necessarily going to mean. Or maybe talk with their 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 pastor leader or right. whatever. Right. Um, right. I do know that they were called by leadership of ATI IBLP, but I know the context of those conversations. And I know that um, that wasn't counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so let yeah. Me I doubt it was real counseling. I'm sure yeah. it was their their form, their I alternative. Do, I do know that Jill now is in counseling, like in actual therapy with a licensed therapist. Oh, good. Um, good. like as of recently, she's been talking about it on her social media. Um, but I mean, no one should have to. But I'm just like, I'm curious. Like, you shouldn't have to prove that you've gone to therapy or anything. But no. since they said it in the interview, I was just curious. I may have. Yeah. I may have missed that. I think it was their version of therapy. I'm sure of right. that. Because ther therapy isn't allowed allowed at all with ATI. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, okay. No, we call it <laughs> counseling in the church, yeah. and it's it's a pastor and maybe his wife. Qualified, not yeah. right. zero qualifications <laughs> right. to tell you how to be better and live right. life. And well, <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. I have to make the... a distinction here. IBLP old leader who has who resigned in disgrace, Bill Gothard, is on record telling women that it will diminish their ability to serve God if they seek treatment. They just should pray about it. So yeah. that's disgusting, but that is something that he's pray away and it's the abuse only, I experience. It's only towards women and it's only to pray about the sin that you committed in causing somebody right. to abuse you. Right. By by what? I mean, you know, the, the Renee fuck? Renee sent me a, a podcast <laughs> that so I listened mad. to. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> uh, earlier oh. today, in which they talked about you know all the pamphlets and everything, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot we weren't allowed to wink." There's a whole pamphlet about pamphlet. using. Oh my gosh! Seduction with your eyes and how yeah. women should not use their eyes for any seduction purpose. <laughs> I actually saved a screenshot. Oh, can um, I can't <laughs> wink, so I'm screwed. There's no seduction coming out of my eyeballs. No, there was a screenshot. Um, 
that I found recently, and I have more than 10,000 photos, none of them pornographic, interestingly enough, on my <laughs> phone. I'm sorry, that was really sorry. <laughs> um, it took me a minute. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a straight dig. Where they talk about how um, the women, it's a pamphlet handed out to women who have been abused talking about how you would rather, the question on it, and I'm looking for the screenshot right now, the question on it literally states, would you rather be strong or would you rather and be closer to God, or would you rather have been not gone through the abuse? That's literally what they ask people. I, I just I, can't. I'm looking for the screenshot right now. Speechless. It's so like I don't know if anyone. I'm gonna I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. The question is if, um, so it's called counseling sexual abuse. Um, Jessica, if I email it to you, can you, or if I send it to you in a screenshot, can you post it? Or can you put it on your Instagram maybe? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Which, by the way, this, this just came to mind. There's um, counseling seminars for both boys and girls. And you can go to this counseling seminar starting age 14. And they tell you how to counsel people in things like this. Mm-hmm. They teach Starting you at 14. At, they at teach 14. you, hey, this is probably gonna happen to you in this church. So just heads yeah. up, let's tell you how to deal with it. But they didn't no, they weren't teaching you how to deal with it. They were teaching us as 14-year-olds how to tell other people how to deal with it. Yes, that's that how bad the, it was. That's what the counseling seminar was about. Yeah, yeah. because that's what 14 year olds need. Not learning yeah. about sex ed well, and what bodies were, actually do. To, no. to teach people how to deal with right. you know, and because sexual Gothard, assault. Yeah, because Bill Gothard run on, ran on the assumption that you're going to be so scared of going to hell that you're going to be perfect. So you're going to need tools to tell to other perfect. people how to be perfect too. So you're going to need all these counseling tools. Yep. So number eight on this 10 list, 10 numbered checklist says, if you had to choose no physical abuse or mighty in spirit, what would you choose? Number nine is reason for bitterness. And the way you're supposed to handle it is he damaged your body. Important step, dedicate your body to God. And it's literally a picture of like one of the old school rock um, altars. And then number 10 to get over it is prayer to prayer to dedicate body to God. Place yourself on his altar to serve him. Forgive offender. Turn over to God for his discipline or ask God to pardon. Uh, regain surrendered ground cleanse with Ramus. And I'm literally shaking reading this because I have this because it was sent to me when my ex-husband tried to unalive me. And I'm just so angry right now. Uh, well, Here I don't know if any of y'all those like those words and like the the rhetoric and the those buzzwords that they use, I'm just like I'm prickled. I'm like, oh yeah. god, nope. <laughs> I don't I don't know if any of y'all so it's funny. I just watched a clip of Steven Crowder. I just hate him so much. Um, but anyways, but he was literally kind of talking about this mentality where he's talking about, he was talking about um Billie Eilish, who's what 19 and her mm -hmm. recent Vogue, like she mm -hmm. dyed her hair, she looked stunning, she was wearing a yeah. corset, and he was basically like, you know. Yeah, women wear corsets so that we lust after them. And like it was an entire podcast of him just basically blaming women for our, their sexual desires. I can and promise like, Billy Eilish wouldn't give two shits about Steven fucking Crowder. Yeah, no. I shit. wear my corset because it helps with my back pain. Thank you very much, whoever you are. I'm sure you're whole <laughs> dude. He's a piece of shit conservative on the internet that has way too many followings. But um, yeah. 
but yeah, no, he, but it was just funny because then he, he literally did a comparison. He goes, if you see a woman, you know, in a corset with tons of makeup on, you know, that's the girl you want to take and have sex with. But if you see a girl that's modestly dressed, but still just as beautiful, that's the one you want to take home to marry. I'm like, what the actual fuck am I so watching? So he's basically right telling people dress modest or I'm going to rape you. Basically, that's pretty much what Steven Crowder is telling the world. Dress Always. like a skank, and I'm Pretty, going that's, to. And that's funny, Christian. That's just the mentality it is. too. So it's like the and girl laughing about it, like it's I know, a joke. To I know. Them. And I've had people on my TikTok when I've talked about dressing modestly or whatever, sort of defend it. And I'm like, let's think about why you're defending the way you dress, because it's not your it's not your responsibility to care about other people's thoughts it's your responsibility to be whatever the fuck you want to be correct and the fact that you are a little bit afraid of not being modest is something you need to take a look at (laughs) yeah yeah i just but people like him continue to exist continue to have a platform i mean this man has like i don't know millions of followers yeah you know it's just it's just disgusting because that is that same x and you know that that church in an evangelical mindset yeah. that you know it's the women's fault if i do the things if i act on the yeah. things i do right if you ca- yeah. cause them to stumble so hard guys i know it's so hard <laughs> so i have a question for you ladies since you were raised in that you know i wasn't raised at all with you know modesty my mom was like you wear what you want girl like she backed me up when i got um when i got like sent home for wearing spaghetti straps or whatever, you know? And like, so like, I, I don't really, I go to Burning Man and run around naked. Like I have nothing in my head about what, what clothes I'm There's wearing. no limits so like, on Jessica. Yeah. There's no limits. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like, how has that affected you guys, you know, as you've moved out of ATI and moved out of this conservative situation, do you find yourself still being, affected by it and, and what you're wearing every day? You want me to go first? Right Anyone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it's simply, I don't, hmm, this could be hard for me to put into words. I, if, wow. Maybe I need Renee to go first. Um, <laughs> I Renee's just, still there. <laughs> Renee's still there. Um, oh, she'll be back. Hold on. She's, She's, she's knocking down, making, knocking yeah. down uh, drywall in her she's house. Building a she's, of like, oh, I see what she's doing. Okay. Back yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know how to dress um, for myself. I only know how to dress for a- anything world. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have the worst <laughs> self-esteem. It's at a zero. I don't even know what uh, like body good self esteem is mm-hmm. is, um, and I don't. I, it's at a zero in the sense that I don't think about it because if I think about it, I'll have mm-hmm. to deal with it, <laughs> right. and that's not on the agenda for for a while yet. Right, but right. I I don't know. I just I don't know how to dress for myself. I just yeah. I don't. I have no clue what I even. If I would imagine how I would dress, who is Laura? How does Laura dress? What type of style does she have? I have no fucking clue. No idea. I mean, like, 
you're wearing a shirt that says fuck. So <laughs> well, I do like putting bad words on t-shirts. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, fuck sums I it up. This, fuck sums I made it this up. myself. <laughs> I fucked myself. That's, that's you. <laughs> um, I had a little bit different experience. So I actually developed an eating disorder very, very young. I was pro I, I distinctly remember a very, um, clear moment when I was seven, I was laying on the back of the couch and I was kicking my legs and I was wearing, um, a pair of capris and a hoodie. And my sister told me, and she's 10 years older than me. So I was seven and she's 10 years older than me. And I was kicking my legs on the back of the couch. And she said, wow, your legs jiggle like an ocean. Maybe you should stop eating so much. And, oh, um, I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> where does she live? What's her address? What's I'll her give that address? to you as soon as this is over. Um, oh. and I struggle with an eating disorder. I still do. Um, for me, I'll just be real blunt with all of you. I reclaimed my own body and, and after being sexually assaulted multiple times, one to my ex-husband, um, my husband and I have a joint OnlyFans and I work through it with my therapist a lot. And a lot of it is just having the ability to reclaim yeah. things that uh, my ex-husband put out re revenge porn on me. So being able to reclaim some of that for myself and being able to speak to it, I clap back hard, so hard <laughs> when people tell me that I'm being immodest. Well, don't look then. I'm not, I, and I had, I had to come to the decision and I'm 30 years old. I just like, this just happened in the last year that I'm even able to have this conversation where I get to dress for what I think looks good and what my husband thinks looks good. And having somebody who embraces who I am on every level it, especially after having two kids, because go through everything you've been through as a, as an ex fundamentalist and then have kids that'll fuck you up. Yep. And but I don't be, have kids. I don't, mm, I'll be here when you do, if you ever do, I'll be here to, to deal with the aftermath of that. Cause that it was incredibly it. difficult. Yeah. It's very hard. And having somebody who will be like, Hey, I was on Amazon and I saw this really cute shirt and it's like a low cut top. And he's like, I think, I think we should wear this when we go out next, you know, or whatever, having, having somebody who verbalizes things to me yeah. for me was incredibly helpful. And to be very clear, this is my current husband and not my ex-husband. My ex-husband <laughs> can get eaten by an alligator. Um, <laughs> my current husband's amazing. And Same. I, I still struggle. <laughs> I struggle so much because like, even, even today I called my husband at three 30 when the news, when, when there still wasn't results on, on everything. One of the things that is a large part of ATI and IBLP is the control aspect. I want it. I told him, I was like, I want to go to McDonald's and I want to eat a cheeseburger so that I can throw up on the side of the road. And that is just so unhealthy. That's so yeah. unhealthy, but at least I, I can call and verbalize it. And that right. is tied yeah. into my feelings of inadequacy and my rage about feeling helpless. And it's one of those things that until you live it, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, you know this really quick that just occurred to me, like I'm having a realization as she's talking. So I just got divorced for the second time. And one of the big, I know, 
Uh, maybe third time will be the time. Who knows? No, no I'm never. No. Anyways. So <laughs> he, one of the big issues I had with him was he treated my body like an object, not like there was a person inside of it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so from the jump in the cults, my body has always been an object. There's never mm -hmm. been a person inside yes. of it. So throughout my whole life, this is a theme. Mm -hmm. And so with the last guy, um, my body was his. And and mm -hmm. I have no no resolution to this comment. I'm just now realizing this as we're talking. Right. Like, holy shit. You're having an epiphany right. in the moment. And but it, I, and I know what you mean there. Like, I know exactly what you mean. I, well, you know, I didn't, I wasn't raised in the, in the fundamental, like I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't just, I didn't go to church and come to Christ until I was 21 mm -hmm. or 20. Mm -hmm. um, so I was raised in a relatively conservative style home. Like my mom, you know, like we didn't like sex talk was kind of taboo. And, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I like, I would hide a lot of things from her and just didn't have opinion. And that like with my daughters, mm -hmm. I have a 16 year old, like that was one of the first things I was like, I'm not going to have that. Like, I'm mm -hmm. going to, it's going to be better. It's going to be open. Like we're going to have dialogue yeah. and we do. Yeah. Um, but like then when I met my ex-husband and he was in the church and I, I married the church and I married his family. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we didn't have a relationship. I had a relationship with his family. Yeah. Um, and then he, and I feel, feel like he seeks me out because at the time I did seem like an outsider to him. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he think thought I would, I would not be a member of the church. Like I would be like the rebel to his family <laughs> um, because I was, I was pierced everywhere. I had tattoos. I guess like a sailor, I smoked cigarettes. Like you wouldn't yeah. even recognize me. And I mean, I was a mess, but you know, <laughs> but I was like, amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, I was amazing, but <laughs> And then I met him and I was like, I got saved. And then like, and I started dressing differently and I started behaving differently. And I started to little, like die a little bit inside every time. And you know, had babies and, you know, so on, mm. but you know, he would do abusive things like really, mm. you know, like in the relationship. And it wasn't about me and him as individuals. Like you said, like I mm -hmm. was like, sex was a chore. Like it was something I got yeah. out of the way once a week and didn't have to worry right. about it. You know, it wasn't, you know, where now it's a totally different situation. Yeah. And I'm with somebody that like we communicate and verbalize everything inside mm -hmm. and outside the bedroom. Like, so it's just, yeah. it's, it's so different to be with someone who looks at you as a partner. Mm, yeah. And not, and not as, as an object. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> Not Maybe we'll find out what, that, what that's like. I don't know. It sounds amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> well, the ridiculous, the ridiculous thing is, is that, you know, they go in that <laughs> Megyn Kelly interview, the girls go on to say, like, this was a direct quote that they were somehow got on the topic of, of porn companies. And oh, one of them said, porn companies make objects out of women. <laughs> well, that's ironic. That's oh. what she said when she was saying that 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 he needs to you know he needs to steer clear of these porn companies because they make objects out of women as if they don't do the same thing, like it's they just crazy that. to they me. Need that, porn for that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> that was an excuse. It was just I mean, yeah. It's just excuses. Right. Absolutely. So moving on to the next statement, <laughs> let's um, let's hear what TLC had to say about um, the new. Uh, <laughs> I have Josh so Tucker much to say. You told me to mind my business, so I have so much to say. But go. 
read it. <laughs> um, TLC is saddened to learn about the continued troubles involving Josh Duggar. The network said in a state, uh, let's see, T 19 Kids and Counting has not aired since 2015. TLC canceled the show on the heels of prior allegations against Josh Duggar, and he has not appeared on air since then. So the first thing out of their mouth is some uh, words of defense. Yeah, they're wiping their not hands our fault. clean. Not our fault. Not our. Not our. We cut ties. Mm -hmm. We knew we did the right thing. Now it's on him. But they uh, didn't. That I, I mean, also, Jim Bob. Michelle and Josh have been on screen since then. Well, well all, that's true. And also why, I mean, they, they, <laughs> the show is available. I can watch it. I watch, I can watch every single from the beginning, like I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Why? They're still making money. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they canceled Honey Boo Boo or whatever, because mama was associated, associated with somebody. Where's that energy now, TLC? It's yeah. you know where it is. It's because so many people tune into this, and it's money. It is money. money. Always, always. Just follow the money, and you'll find the motives. It's. It makes me so angry. <laughs> makes me so angry. At least, yeah. at least call a spade a spade. It's not Je Jill and Jessica counting on. This is just a rebrand of Nineteen Kids and Counting because Jill hasn't been on since what two thousand seventeen. And right. to be honest with you, I thought counting on was still that was still everyone. I just thought they named it something different. <laughs> and I'm it probably not the is. only one that thinks that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they think in their heads that they're absolved in this because they're supporting the victims, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that TLC is but they're not so deep in their dumpster fire that they think that that they're doing the right thing. Jill had yeah. to sue her dad to get paid. So how exactly are they supporting the victims? Please riddle me that Batman. Also, I feel like, and I don't know how this would even work, but if someone gets uh, assaulted while they're on your show, shouldn't you have to pay for like the fallout of that? Yeah. Like, I don't think they got assaulted during, they, they weren't on the show. No, no, no. not on the show, but during, I mean, during the, Filming time was that before they started filming? Um, I think so. Yes. Oh, okay. So in two thousand, the the very first, the well, kind of yes and no. So what is reported happened in two thousand and two and two thousand three, and then in two thousand and six, okay. they were supposed to go on Oprah's TV show, and Oprah got an anonymous fax or email or letter or some some bullshit. I don't know. Um, because somebody reported what was going on and there's mm. dispute as to whether the show like Oprah called the local police or the person who faxed mm. the letter. There's no real concrete evidence, but in 2006, there was another um, police report filed. Now there's dispute as to whether there was one that was actually filed in 2003 or if the only one that exists was the one that was released in was the 2006 one, which was released in 2015 by InTouch. Sorry, I really, I know all of well, this stuff. Well, I'm glad, because no, I apologize. I, I haven't kept up with them at all, um, except for the Josh stuff, so this is helpful. Yeah. So well, in 2015, they released InTouch, well, in 2000 and, it, yeah, in 2015, I want to say in the yeah. end of 2015, InTouch filed a FOIA request requesting this information um, do I think that the police department should have released this information? I don't really know. I, I have a lot of feelings about it as someone who was sexually assaulted. 
but these these four these five girls were were minors and that was not really taken into account and i really hope mm. the women get paid um well yeah they, and they have a court case that should be heard in i want to say september of this year which is now i want you guys to think about this this is six years later right crazy right and and did isn't that the only um thing that jim bob and michelle really did after this came out because in that i i really encourage you guys to go watch this megan kelly interview because the whole thing did not age well at all um but they they go on to say about how they trusted these people to share their story and and then they they went on and shared it with the tabloids so and um go ahead Clarifying points. Jim, Bob, and Michelle say that they went to the police when Josh told them. To the best of my understanding, that is not accurate. The police called them after this anonymous report was made in 2016. Mm. They did in 2000 and, in 2003. Now, the first incidents that we have tracked that they knew about it was in 2002. More happened in 2003. And then that was when they went to the guy that is now in jail and that, right. and he did not report it correctly, whether he reported it or not is debatable, but he did not report it correctly. So then in 2006, they had this case that is, that was this police report that got released. So the thing about, and this is again in ATI IBLP. My own mother does this. The legality of it. One of the one of the things that disturbs me the most is my mom had a massive secret, something that she um, used against me growing up most of my life and into adulthood. And her thing was, well, I said this, which it was such a. And I don't want to say it because I'm trying to keep my own family's privacy as well. Yeah. But it would be like saying. So, for example, if it, it's something like her saying, I wrecked the car and then I tested or and then it was found that I had alcohol instead of saying I got drunk and drove my car. Both statements are factually correct, but one leads you to believe that. So that's a bad example. I drove my car and then I had a drink. She may. But. She was drunk when she crashed the car. My mom never drove drunk. I'm just using that as an example because mm -hmm. it's the best one mm -hmm. I can come up with. Um, yeah, I understand. But it's the legality. So she may have driven the car drunk and then had a drink. That might be the le the legality is correct. And that's the same thing. Technically, they did go and tell this police officer, but nothing was handled accurately. And even and so in 2006, which is when this report came out, a lot of people are, are under the assumption that they went to the police at this point in time when this report got released in 2015, which is, you know, nine years later. But that is, yeah. in fact, never accurate. They did not report anything until it became to the point where they couldn't control it. Sorry. Right. Mm. That was a lot of words. Mm. No, that's fine. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. And that that answered my question that I didn't even ask yet. Hi. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, do you, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of the episode here. Do you ladies have anything more you want to add just as far as like how this has made you feel, what your hopes are for the future and um, kind of what the, the message that you want our followers to hear about this whole situation? Uh, Laura, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I've, I said it on my TikTok, but just briefly that as angry as I am, I'm also hopeful because since this is a, it's a federal investigation, it makes me feel like 
there there might be someone looking into Bill Gothard, maybe even Gil Bates, maybe even Jim Bob himself that we don't know about yet, but we might see more hopeful legal things coming to surface that need to more people need to be arrested so many more um mm-hmm. so that makes me really hopeful good yeah. yeah kind of the same thing that laura said so a lot some of one of the things that gets repeated to me the most especially from people that are still in is if this is so bad how do you have why do you sound excited when you talk about it for those of us that have already left the cult some of us were abused some of us witnessed abuse. Some of us were silenced. Some of us stayed silent. And for us, speaking just for myself and a couple people that I talk to on a regular basis, this is a moment of vindication for us where we feel like we have screamed into the void for so fucking long and nobody has heard us. We want to see him hang for this and not because we're bitter and not because we are just out for blood and not because we get some kind of perverse satisfaction out of this, but because this is something that has been so long coming. And like Laura said, we just want change. We want this to be different. I want to, I want to say something about a comment. Someone said, I don't trust that his wife, Anna can protect her children. And I want to caution everybody to realize that Anna doesn't have a high school education. She is also, she doesn't have any skills. She's never held a job. She started dating him when she was 18. She got married when she's 20. She has, she's on her seventh pregnancy she would have to go support herself. I just caution you to understand that there are so many other parts that she probably feels so stuck and so pressured and so afraid in this moment that I would caution you to use the term. I I have deleted so many comments from people who have told me, well, she's, she's responsible too. No. If you want to hold other people responsible, hold, hold Jim Bob and Michelle. Anna, her own father, when everything happened with Ashley Madison, his response to her was, well, King David had an affair too. And that is Christ. So please, please, please. They see themselves as kings. (laughs) Please, please, please Uh, have have some understanding that there's so much more at play. On top of that, she's probably been told she could lose her children. She's probably acting in out of fear and that can make even mothers do really insane things. The only other thing I want to mention is there have been people saying that, and this came out in the news today that there was um, whatever that tracking account is uh, covenant eyes and they're blaming Anna because she should have detailed reports of what he was seeing. Josh is a tech wizard and he had an entire portion of his computer sectioned off. So there is a very, very real, option and i don't know if this is true but that she really didn't know oh yeah you can yeah. get around that shit. I, so, i'm sure she didn't so i just yeah. wanted i and i am not leg humping the duggars i'm not i'm not supporting them i'm not defending them i'm just saying there's so much more out there that people don't understand so yeah i wanted to i I am afraid for her. I'm afraid for her children. I am afraid that now that he has been released, that this is going to push him to greater violence. So 
That's all right. And right. And we we've heard that that he is like this is from someone who was not raised in any church whatsoever. This is something that I see from the outside looking in. I have a lot of compassion for her because not only is what whatever move she makes in this situation, she's making the wrong she's, she's doing something wrong in someone's eyes. If she divorces him, she's going to, she's going to be excommunicated. If she doesn't divorce him, the court of public opinion is going to castrate her for that. Um, you know, putting yourself, yeah, yeah, putting herself in the, in her shoes is she is in an impossible situation. I have, I have a lot of compassion for that. And, and I do agree with you. I do think that there is, you know, she, she, the way that, you know, it's even been said that she was groomed Mm -hmm. to be his husband, his wife specifically because of the problems that he has. Mm -hmm. So you, we don't know what is going on behind closed doors and we need to have a little bit of compassion for that. Um, And I do agree also that I worry for her safety, especially after what we heard from that porn star that, that he became very violent with her. Imagine what she's probably been dealing with. Right. I, it, yeah. Yeah. There's so much that we don't know and she probably will never tell us. This is yeah. this is and I'm going to say this now, mark this now and god I hope I'm wrong, but this sounds like it'll it's going to turn into an episode on a true crime podcast oh, somewhere. It already yeah. is. It already is. Like yeah. just because yeah. no one has died doesn't mean it's uh, yeah, not horrifying and criminally right and we're never just like with any true crime situation we're never gonna know all the answers right i, I wish. feel like yeah i don't know if i wish <laughs> you know what, I, I don't want to be the prosecutor in that case i'll tell you that oh, right now. oh yeah yeah no oh so. uh he was released seven minutes ago uh, that's at least I, i'm still i'm still researching but there you go that's all i have to say yeah. i'm sorry i was i interrupted you guys i struggled no, sometimes that's fine. no you did great <laughs> Um, well, as we said earlier in the episode, um, if you know anybody who has been affected by any sort sort of rape, abuse, or incest, um, please call the RAIN Network um, at 1-800-656-HOPE. And with that, we will leave, if, unless anybody has anything more to say about the subject, <laughs> we <Not> will. Right <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for we listening will... to me and giving me a voice. I do want to say that. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's what we're here for. And uh, we, we have been happy to dive down this rabbit hole again. And we will see everybody next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, shoot. And I didn't have the video lined up. Okay. <laughs> Let's try this bye. again. For real, bye again. Yeah. For real, bye. bye. <laughs>